Oh my God! Yeah. I think this this man is seriously okay. That's it. I'll tell you what, Simone, you're actually I think you're actually doing ladder drills or something while we're talking. You're hey breathing man, we're going. Um, this is how we're going to do this. I'm doing ladder drills right now, and this whole interview I'm gonna do. I'm gonna work out while I'm talking to you guys on there. And then I just want to thank y'all. If you hear my feet moving, I, you probably can't hear them because they're soft. Welcome to The Waggle, everybody. My name is James Sabalski alongside Davis Sanchez. And remember, if you aren't a subscriber of The Waggle just yet, it's only been about a year. Go do it. Do it in the iTunes section. Click subscribe, and a free hot new episode goes right to your tablet or smartphone or whatever device you're using each and every week. It's real simple as that, and you can find all the archived editions, and it's all free, nice and easy, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as my daughters would say to me. Uh, this is the, uh, I believe, the second time that Chez and I are doing an episode of The Waggle outside, and this is full-on outside. We sat on a balcony in the past, Davis, but this time uh, we are on the, uh, the seawall. The world-famous Vancouver seawall. Our last, our last episode together, James, here in Vancouver. We were still the wagon's not going anywhere. We're just, uh, we just won't be recording from this location uh, any longer. Well, I could in theory, but you just won't be able to do it with me, and that's uh, part of the big news over the past week. And I'm sure if you're a CFL fan, you've probably heard the news and uh, a little bit of mixed emotions. Not like you know, we'll be able to talk all the time regularly still, but just in a different format, in a different form, in a different way, uh, because uh, you're shipping off east. You're going back east, uh, young man. It's uh, congratulations on the opportunity. If you haven't heard it already, Davis Sanchez, the uh, radio analyst, has been named the radio analyst for TSN Radio in Montreal for all, every single Montreal Alouettes game for 2017. Congratulations, buddy. I'm sorry to see you leave. The 604, hashtag YBR, but at the same time, an exciting opportunity lies ahead for you that uh, you're building on from uh, over the last few years. Yeah, it's great. It's, uh, super excited for, for the opportunity, uh, something uh, something that uh, I feel super fortunate to do. There's not a lot of, as you know, there's not a lot of these jobs available for all of us who follow the league and, and love the league. Uh, I feel pretty lucky to be a part of it, and uh, and it's, you know, James, to be fair, it's it's your fault. You don't want me to leave. It's your fault uh, for teaching me the ropes and, and, and putting me on over the last year. You grabbed a, a raw rookie from the from the broadcasting combine and you si signed me to a multi-year contract and uh, and you you taught me a lot and and, and uh, still a lot to learn. But uh, thank you for for all the stuff that uh, you've done and, and putting up with me and helping me out and uh, you know basically enabling enabling me. Uh, to have this opportunity well buddy listen I, I don't know if i can take uh much credit you, you know talent shines on its own and i think you know rick moffett also uh, has been a guy who's uh, worked with you a lot over the last few years as well so shout out to rick the and play, rick is the play-by-play -play guy for the alouettes yeah wave the, wave the flag let's, years. yeah so let's, it's yeah so it is uh tsn 690 montreal uh rick moffett uh, has been the play-by-play -play man there in montreal i think since the alouettes came back in 96 i believe and he's also the play-by-play -play guy, Rick, for TSM Montreal for the Montreal Impact, who is in town tonight. Uh, last night? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they're in town sometime this week. This is a CFL podcast, man. Ain't nobody cares about when the when MLS the is rolling in town. town. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, uh, 
Yeah, so Rick is Rick is a great uh, longtime broadcaster and has brought me on uh, in the past to do to do uh, some color and some fill-in duty. And, and this year they approached me uh, in the in the off season, uh, wondering if it would be a possibility because of all of the stuff that we're doing with CFL.ca and that I'm out in Toronto quite often. That maybe we could make that move and and actually uh, make a full-time deal of this. So I'll be out in Toronto uh, doing my doing my. TSN Montreal stuff along with uh, all the great stuff that we do uh, with CFL.ca and the crew at the league office. And congratulations to that. So expect more Chessy all the time whether on you, CFL.ca like or, or on TSN Radio in like Montreal. It. Yeah, hopefully they like it. Now, <laughs> and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I've heard the Alouettes also suggest that you're going to be doing some additional content for them with their, some of their digital platforms as well. I will be, yeah. Part of, part of the deal with uh, with joining joining TSN Montreal and the Alouettes is uh, you know, providing uh, story, stories and, and interviews, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just just bringing more content to, to CFL fans uh, around the league. So that's... Uh, you know, something I look forward to. It's gonna be a great summer. Summer in Montreal is not a not a horrible thing. Summer in Vancouver is is also a blast. So I, I feel uh, be hard pressed to find a lousy city in Canada in the summer. And I, the only time I, people might chirp uh, Winnipeg for having too many mosquitoes, but I grew up in Ottawa. There were a ton of mosquitoes there too. So there's mosquitoes everywhere. You know, my kids were complaining about their first mosquito bites on May two four the other day, and they were down at the beach here uh, on the west yeah. coast. So. You know what? There's no lousy Canadian city yes. in the summer. You might gripe about some places being too cold in the winter. <laughs> sure, that you might have sure. some preferences where you'd rather be. But uh, congratulations, partner. It, it's exciting Thanks, for you and, uh, and and bigger and better things that I'm sure things are only going to evolve over the course of the, the next few weeks. And we'll get a clearer sense of where we can find you and what we can do. But uh, the waggle is staying intact. And we can tell Stay you that. Stay tuned. Uh, so like only three guarantees in life, and that's death, taxes, and a new episode of The Waggle that drops each and every Wednesday. Boom! Right? So there you go. There you got it. Um, you know, lots of things we want to get into. Simone Lawrence welcomes us this week on The Waggle, one, three-time All-Star with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and uh, we're going to check in with him down in California as he's getting set to make his way into Steeltown for the start of training camp, and we're going to catch up with him a little later on in this episode. Lots to discuss with Simone, and uh, never met a microphone oh, he yes. didn't like. What a what a gem! He was a he's a he's a pleasure to to talk to, and uh, one of the guy one of the fun guys in the in the CFL, no doubt. So uh, you're catching up with Simone Lawrence. I wanted to go to Saskatchewan and talk yeah. about uh, what the happenings there. Uh, if you haven't heard, uh, Carm Kateri. Uh, 28 years as the color man for for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and their radio broadcasts uh, has been informed he's been let go uh, by CKRM. Uh, Luke Mullender, uh, former former longtime rider, and and Luke does a lot of stuff in, in with the media in Regina and all around the province of Saskatchewan. Does a great job. He's gonna he's gonna fill in uh, along with, uh, of course, Rod Peterson, who's already there. Uh, but you know, Carm Carm, uh, 28 years as. Uh, it's, you know, he wanted to stay for another year. Uh, he felt like uh, his what Carm said was he wanted to have one more year at you know in the new stadium, or one year at the new stadium mm -hmm. uh, to kind of have that experience, and then he was going to retire. Uh, the station wanted to move in a new direction, kind of seeing the end of Mosaic would be you know the end of his reign, and and to bring Luke on 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 board. And as the station mentioned, Luke is well deserving. He's done a lot of great work, and and Carm. You know, has to be commended for his years of service. 28 years. Yeah, almost that's, 30 uh, years. That's pretty impressive. So, you know, f from for us, we definitely want to you know, congratulate Carm on uh, 
on you know being the voice of uh, one of the voices for riders for over over that time period and a, and a great uh, ambassador for the CFL and uh, and he he will be missed by a lot of fans I'm sure he brings some good content he's a character and. Uh, I would miss on that broadcast. You know, a guy who was a constant in Regina and the province of Saskatchewan for so many years and uh, and a fixture at CFL stadiums all across the league for, you know, north of three decades. And it's remarkable uh, to have a career like that in today's day and age. But, uh, you know, hey, listen, I, I empathize with, with Carm and we're at a day and age now where the, the, the media business has been changing ever so rapidly over the last few years. And I can certainly speak to that firsthand with some of my experiences and to, to see the way, the volatility of the business. And sometimes it's just time to turn the page and, and everybody goes through it at some point in time. John Madden wasn't there forever on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football for that matter, or on Fox, uh, you know, the, things change and the evolution and so, as opposed to looking back in a negative sort of standpoint, let's celebrate and embrace somebody who yes, was uh, a great voice agreed. for the Canadian Football League for so many years, and it's a new opportunity and it's a new start for yeah, a new congratulations voice. To, and congratulations. To celebrate Luke. Carmen at 28 years. That's yeah. amazing. And and I love what you said. Let's look back and, and say and celebrate that because that, that is great. And, and there's no also, reason to be bitter. There's no, no reason like, to be bitter. You got 28, almost 30 years out of it, right? And that's and that's. I mean, hey, listen. If if somebody in this business and anybody who's in this business right now, if somebody were if you were to say, hey, you can get 30 years sure. out of this business, you would take it in a heartbeat. No question. In a heartbeat no to question. be able to do something you love. And congratulations, congratulations to Luke Mullender yeah. uh, in doing that. And uh, good good for Luke. I know Luke uh, personally. A good dude and, and good for him, a hardworking guy and, and loves loves his team. And no pressure, Luke, but uh, if you screw up. Don't choke, Luke. Car, Car, Carm's waiting for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Luke, but the entire province of Saskatchewan is watching or listening, listening to, to every word. <laughs> Luke. If that doesn't have you psyched out before the season, you'll be fine for the upcoming year. And Chris Jones is also waiting for you. Yeah. As well, because there's really nothing to talk about in Saskatchewan and about football anyway, so I'm sure that no one's, if you do mess up, nobody's paying attention to anything you say, Luke. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, although there's a lot to see here on the seawall right now. Yes, it's a, it's a beautiful day. It's, there's folks everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing how nobody seems to work in Vancouver on a nice sunny day, right? Everybody hibernates when it's lousy, but this is the day that the time of the year, if you have, if you have a friend, uh, if you have a friend who lives in Metro Vancouver, somewhere across this country or North America or around the world, this is where you'll find a picture of them on social media somewhere within the next 24 hours. Because it's sunny outside, hey, look at that, gorgeous van city. Chances are they're on a mountain or they're by the water, Chez. That's where you'll see somebody posting a picture. We might have to do that just to be the stereotypical West Coasters, at least while you've got a few more days in it, let's, right? Let's do it. We are going to, uh, Simone Lawrence coming up in just a few moments. Uh, we're also going to introduce a new segment uh, as we gear up for kickoff of the 2017 season. But first off, we also always want to welcome uh, feedback, debate, questions, comments uh, here on The Waggle. And we've come up with an email that we wanted to offer you. If you have those questions or comments, you can always hit us up at the waggle at cfl.ca the email is the waggle at cfl.ca we welcome questions and comments and we had one listener loyal listener who sent a note recently that uh, wanted to pick your brain Chez. i guess that you can kind of speak to specifically from your own first-hand experiences well let's take a look let's take a look at it james uh, this question is from jack uh, jack in edmonton jack says one question i've had for years spe specifically for players 
that have been successful in the NFL after playing in the CFL. And I never had a chance to ask, ask this on the air. Jack says, were there any aspects of the CFL game that caused you to develop skills or abilities or ways of looking at the game in real time as a player that provided you with an edge, an insight to the game uh, that peer NFL coaches and players did not have? Uh, he gives an example. An example might be with a, a, sh a shorter play clock in the CFL, a quarterback that would greatly have to improve his abilities to read defenses and think of a new play selection and audible in a much shorter time than the National Football League, therefore handling this process better. Uh, Jack uh, talks of, of, of Warren Moon, uh, Doug Flutie, and Jeff Garcia. Jack, a 50-year CFL fan, go Esks. That's a, that's a good question, Jack. A long question, but a good question. <laughs> I, I think uh, testing your reading skills more yes, than anything. Jesse. Yes, yes. Uh, that's you know if you look at the, the games, I think certain positions. I think there's a distinct advantage uh, coming from having a CFL experience and moving in towards the NFL. To me, it would feel like it would be easier if you were a DB in the NFL than in the CFL. You you had you had the experience having spent two years with the Chargers. You tell me. No, it's not. It, that, using the word easier, I would not okay, agree not with. The, okay. gonna, you have to cover Calvin Johnson and, uh, <laughs> and Matt Stafford's rifling it in there. So I, I often say that the size of the field, uh, the, obviously the waggle, the motion. So size does matter. Size does matter. Okay. The, the waggle, the motion, I think in, in, that, in, that, in those respects, I think a defensive back, there's a lot more going on in the CFL, a lot more to think about. So... From that standpoint, I think that gives the defensive back an advantage. A guy who's played a few years in the CFL, an advantage going into the NFL because you have one job usually in the National Football League, and that's get up on line of scrimmage and get your hands on guys. So, yes, you have to, you know, you're, you're in a box, you get your hands on, and it's all about winning at the line of scrimmage. Well, when now, when you move into zone defenses in the NFL, which is not played nearly as often in the CFL, I think your eyes are just... Uh, well prepared um, in the CFL, you're looking at so many different things, formations, motions, that those type of things. Now, when you move to the NFL as a DB, I think your eyes are well trained. Uh, you can see motions, switches, releases, things of that nature. I think there's an advantage. I wouldn't say it's easier, but I definitely think that a defensive back would have that advantage coming from from the CFL. Other positions, uh, I don't know. Quarterback, maybe. Quarterback. I mean, not I that like, we've seen like a lot a, of. There's not. There has not. There hasn't been over the course of history. There has not been a lot of quarterbacks that have made the transition from the CFL going down to the NFL. You know why NFL. that? You know why that is? And that's been talked about. And last week was somebody was. Uh, I think it was a armchair armchair quarterback uh, beer conversation. But mm -hmm. the the question was why a, why a lack of success from all these great quarterbacks we have in the CFL. And I would attribute that to. The fact of if you're a top NFL prospect, these guys that are you know the six six guys with the big arm and, yeah. and you know the Peyton Mannings and you know these these type guys, they're number one, number two, number three draft picks. Those they're those guys are hard to find. So we always in the CFL we get these special athletes who are uh, mobile, who uh, have the ability to make make plays, uh, you know secondary Strong plays, arm. big arms, but no don't necessarily fit. Um, the standard size of an NFL quarterback. Therefore, when they do have some success here and move on to the NFL, they don't get a look right away. They, they're usually a backup, a third-string guy. 
Um, and those guys don't often get opportunities. You see the guys who have had opportunities. You've heard me say it on numerous occasions. I was in camp with Dave Dickinson, and I, I will stand by this. Dave, to me and to a lot of others, was the best quarterback in training camp on that roster that included... That's with Drew Brees and Doug Flutie. Exactly. Uh, included those guys, and Dave was the best in the preseason. Uh, but who got the reps when the season came? Uh, Drew and Doug ultimately were the guys who, who were under center, and, and later on Dave was released and went on to Miami. But Dave, Dave showed and proved when he was on the field, but because, of, because he wasn't the first-rounder, because he wasn't, didn't have those, the, you know, the big college career... Of a, of a Doug Flutie or a Drew Brees, he wasn't afforded the opportunity of those guys. But I think that's the big reason why. I think it, it's a lot to do with opportunity. Yeah. You bring a guy like Because Mike there's Bradley. a stigma, right? I mean, even like when you go, when you come down to the, to the NFL as a CFL guy, I'm sure there's still that stigma, right? Like you might as well be playing in Greenland for, for all those, for a lot of those guys, because most of those players have never been to Canada. The slate, for that matter. The slate is clean. Whatever you, whatever you've done in Canada, your statistics, uh, your whatever you've done, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. They don't. They don't. Uh, your slate is clean. You have to start from scratch. And when you're starting from scratch, you're usually going to be, you know, a third string or a fourth string guy. And it's hard to crack a lineup. Just, just to be plain and simple, it's hard to crack a lineup. I often say, and I, I really believe. I believe that. Whoa, that's a kid walking on the seawall. On the, so on the seawall. On the seawall. That's probably not that bright. On the seawall, walking across yes. the bike lane. So there's 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 walk. There's two sides to a seawall, as we explained. There's a, a walking path and a biking path that's separated by these benches that we're sitting on. And there's a little kid here that's just having about a ice year and a half, yeah, to two a year years and a half. Old. And his mother, mother's there, and and decided to mother's uh, turned her head, and the kid decided to walk onto the bike path. So that's uh, hey James, that's bad parenting 101. But well, I was we're gonna not going to judge. I, I, we're not going to judge, but I, I believe the definition is what some of us call absentee parenting. And the kid is back there doing it anyway. Uh, to get to get off of the parent uh, the parenting uh, train here, <laughs> who am I to judge? Uh, kind of the way that coaches view CFL players in the NFL, right? Clean slate. Like, okay, let's see what you can do, but uh, low expectations. Sure, and your college just like your college career doesn't matter when you come when you come to a CFL camp and you're all world at, in your college. That that will get you signed. That will get you to camp. It's not going to get you on, on the roster, and it's mm -hmm. de definitely not going to. It's definitely not going to move you up on the depth chart. Uh, so that's that's. I think that's where that goes. But that's a great question. Yeah. I uh, hope we we helped uh, you know give a little bit of clarity on our, our view on on that, Jack. Well, the waggle at cfl.ca is the email. You can always hit us up. The waggle at cfl.ca if you got questions or comments, and uh, we'll try to get to them each and every week, uh, as long as it's a good question. I mean, look, we're going to be judgmental here, so don't waste your time if it's lousy. We're kidding. Uh, okay, so here don't we go. Don't choke, There's, Luke. Including this episode, don't <laughs> choke, Luke. I think this is going to be the theme for 2017. Hashtag don't choke Luke. Maybe we should get T-shirts made for this. What do you think, Luke? Uh, Luke okay. Hey, Luke, I know Luke. Luke is clutch. He's got this. All right. He's got this. Sounds Luke good. Luke loves the bright if lights. Chazzy, if Chazzy's back in your play, then it sounds Roger like a win you, to Luke. me. Uh, okay. So this, including this episode, there are five episodes of The Waggle before kickoff to the 2017 season to week one. So what we thought we'd do is we'd come Girl. up and play... A game. It's easy to love me now. Did you love me when I was down? And, and out. Do Would you still have love for me? Girl. Yeah, that's 21, <laughs> okay. 21 questions. That was our rendition of 50 Cent's 21 questions, and that's what me and Seaball are going to do. Yes, but oh, we're we, actually we, we going to do one, but one and one last. No, too. Yes, no, we're, we're not going to sing. We're and only doing 20? 
Yeah, I think but we're then we can't 20. sing the song. No, we're at, I'm at. Okay, I'm you're gonna add a bonus question. one. Okay, we'll yeah. make it 21 questions. Okay, just so, so every week I can say. Uh, there you yeah, go. <laughs> we're gonna lose subscribers. Real no quick, way, right? Real we might quick. we might be really big with the female demographic <laughs> here in the next little uh, while. That's doubtful. Ratings winner, people. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do 21 questions leading up to kickoff, and so we'll do four or five each and every week leading up. So we'll start off with the first four here on this uh, as we kick off 21 questions because this gives Chesie the opportunity to say girl that's it that's it all right I always say my wife tells me I have a monotone voice okay she's right question number one no I think it's dulcet man dulcet tones uh okay gray cup champion Ottawa Red Blacks uh and this is a much different looking team in 2017 after hoisting the gray cup uh less than six months ago gone Clutch leaders like Henry Burris, Ernest Jackson, Abdul Kane, and Chris Williams, all gone by a free agency or retirement. The question is, can they put up a legit title defense in 2017? Chesie, you wanted you start this one off. Well, first I'll go here first. Trevor Harris. This is now people think that people discuss that it's not a it's not a change because Trevor was, you know, Trevor was already the starting quarterback of this team. I feel like it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother situation, a, a whole a heightened pressure when you're the guy and there's not a guy like Hank sitting right behind you to, to fill in if you falter and, and you guys can kind of share the duties. Even though it was Trevor's job kind of to lose and the plan was, you know, once Trevor got in there, the plan was to move forward with Trevor this year as the guy. I think it's a whole different deal when it's Trevor and there's nobody else and there's no option. I think that's just, it's not going to change Trevor, but it changes the pressure on Trevor. I think that's a big deal. I also look, the first thing I look at is the secondary. You mentioned, you mentioned Abdul Kane. Don't forget about Forrest Hightower, Mitchell White. They're missing, and there's one more, Williams too. John, uh, Jeff Richards, pardon Jeff me. Jeff Richards, yeah, he was, sorry, He was, he was a, a backup Signed player with for most of the season, but a heck of a football player. But yeah. I go to the the move on draft day when that's that's windy. That proves we're outside recording, and we hope that's not too there too, you go. Uh, too loud. Um, that that move on draft day and and Marcel Desjardins when he when he's announced like you know 30 minutes into free agency that he had signed Deontay Spencer and Kenny Shaw from Toronto. Mm-hmm. The first thing the first thing that. It was a shocker, first of all, that he signed both of them so quick because we were trying to figure out how he was going to resign either. We knew it wasn't going to be both of them. But how is he going to resign uh, either Chris Williams um, or uh, or Ernest Jackson? And we thought it would be one of the two. But as soon as we saw that, that he signed both Deontay and Kenny Shaw, I knew I saw his play right there. I knew what he was doing. And as I, as I look back and reflect on it, I thought it was a genius move to do that and make some salary cap room by filling in with these two young guys. Now, though, James, I'll go ahead, James. I just wonder if that puts a lot or maybe even too much pressure. He's got two, Trevor Harris has got two consistent receivers he knows and trusts in Sinopoli and Ellingson, right? Yep. And Ellingson comes back and so too, and Sinopoli's back in the fold as well. But until he finds a chemistry and a rhythm with the other two guys that they just brought in, does that not throw things out of sync or, or maybe forces Trevor Harris to lean a little too heavily where, you know, your running game's gone somewhat in flux right now. You've lost some key personnel in your secondary. 
Uh, Trevor Harris is probably going to be forced to throw a little bit more. I think I think Ottawa's going to have some growing pains, I think, in the first half of the season. They might find their groove again in the second half of the season, but I think it might. I think the early growing pains getting adjusted to all the new personnel could set this team back, and I think they could have a hard time staying atop the division, and that might ultimately hinder an opportunity to stay back on top this year. I think there's a lot of personnel moves. I think Marcel Desjardins did made the best of a tough situation with some really good players going by the wayside. You still got an all-star caliber quarterback in Trevor Harris, but I think with all the new personnel guys, I think Ottawa might suffer a similar fate to a degree that Edmonton went through in 2015, Chessie, where they lost a lot of key personnel guys. Now, I think Ottawa's done a better job of restocking the cupboards than Edmonton did after the 2015 season, but I think there will be an adjustment period with all the new personnel. I agree with you, and that's that's where I was going with this as well. Is that it looks it looked as though uh, this was a genius move, as uh, I guess we we can go to the analogy of of, of our, our 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 favorite guy Deron Carter. It looked like Marcel Desjardins was playing chess and everybody else was playing checkers, but and it looked like a genius move. I love the move. But now it's time to, to, to see actually if his, if his move and what he envisioned comes to fruition because now these guys, everyone loves, I love to talk about this, everyone loves, what's the favorite, uh, the favorite player on a hockey team is the backup goalie. The favorite player on a football team is the backup quarterback. Yeah. Everyone loves the underdog. And I, I, that's for Deont- Deontay Spencer and Kenny Shaw. Everyone loved the move because these guys are not expected to, to do a whole lot, mm-hmm. uh, but they show flashes. Now, though, this guy, you have to, whether you want to admit it or not, and, and Rick Campbell won't say it, and Marcel won't say it, but I'm going to say it, they have to they have to replace Chris Williams and Eric Jackson. Deontay Spencer got to have the same production or close to the same production as these two guys. They won't say that because they don't want to give them that pressure, yeah. but that's the reality of it. Totally. Always, you always want, I use it as this analogy, in 2000, James, you remember, I had a, I had a, I was a, my second year guy, first year starting, and I was, I was, everyone loved me. I was, I was the great old good Canadian young kid, and I was a, I was a, on every All Star list, and and everything you could imagine from a. Is that your seven a, pick season? Uh, I had nine. Yeah, nine. But from, but from, you know, from a media standpoint and from a player standpoint, I was, I was the golden child. And then I left. I went to the end, and I was making league minimum. I was on rookie salary. Yeah. And I left. I went to the National Football League. I came back two, two and a half years later, and I was twice the football player I was when I left. I was bigger, stronger, faster. I knew the game more. And you read any article about me from that year, now all of a sudden I go from being the greatest thing since life's bread to being crappy, overrated, overpaid, all those things. Well, I'm, I knew I was better than when I left, a lot better. Older, stronger, and older meaning in my prime and stronger, but the fact that my paycheck had a couple more zeros on the end of it and I was making a lot more money. The expectations grew, and that's what's going to happen for these guys. Now the expectations have changed. They have to be elite guys and can't just be guys they see you see flashes from. No question about it. Okay, let's go to the second question now. Uh, can Vince Young live up to the hype in Ryderville? I'll start this one off here, Chessie, and I'm going to say no. I, I just To me, it feels awfully ambitious to have uh, a realistic expectation that this guy can be a success story in year one considering he just turned 34 and and you know what hey look he's a young 34 in the sense that his body hasn't had the wear and tear because he hasn't played football in five years or hasn't started a game in five years that's a long time to be out of the game 
into real simulated, hey look, you might be able to throw a deep pass still, you might be able to be a workout warrior, you might be in great shape, but to translate that into a football field, and it's also everything that you talked about answering that question, the waggle at cfl.ca, that experience, it's a new game. You're going to get adjusted to the waggle, the motion, the wider field, all of it. Suddenly a screen pass is now, as opposed to being a five to, to 10 yard dump, you know, it's a 30 yard bomb yes. down the sideline. Yes. And so I think it's going to be really hard and to, to expect him to step in as a starting quarterback uh, anytime within the first half of the season, even long term, it's ambitious. If the riders go off the rails, I think this is going to be Kevin Glenn's job for the foreseeable future. And I think the way that the roster is built, I think this what's is going to be Kevin. What's the foreseeable future to you, James, when you say that? I, I think I, I think through the season. You think Kevin I, Glenn is going to be starter on this team? On this team? If this, the, if this the team, season. if this and team Vince is a, be on the roster, if this team is has a winning record, if the riders have a winning record come Labor Day. Why would you take Kevin Glenn out of the lineup? Unless he's, unless they're winning in spite of Kevin Glenn having a horrible season. But I think Kevin Glenn will be good enough with a with quality personnel around him for the Riders to thrive. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I don't think it'll be broken if the team is succeeding and Kevin Glenn's able to manage along with quality personnel. Look at that receiving core he has. One you know, it's a, it's a much improved best. offensive line. Uh, you know the. Defense, defense, I think, will be significantly they look, they look better. They good the second half of the season. It'll yeah. get better. Well, you're, you're, the way you're looking at this, James, is is that if if they're successful, if they're successful, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if they're successful, why would you change? That the, the question is, are they going to be successful? You're you're going with the stance that you think that. I think I agree that Kevin is going to have the job out of camp. I, I think that as well. I just think that it's too camp is too short. There's too many things going on. Yeah. He's too far removed from the game, Vince Young, that is. It'll scream come. desperation if he goes in any time this summer, I think. I disagree with that. Why would it, it would scream? To me, it would scream that he's got a handle of the playbook uh, way quicker than we thought he would, and they've done a – Jarius Jackson and Steve McAdoo have done a great job of getting him acclimated, and Vince done a great job picking up his playbook and acclimating himself to the Canadian game. I just don't think that I – have, I have not seen enough examples over my time in this game to think that somebody can pick up – a playbook that fast and have success because it doesn't happen. It's a great story. It's a great story if if it if it does happen and it's great exposure for the CFL. It's not desperation. For, it's Vince, but, it's but, Vince Young, James. It's Vince. It's Vince Young. If Vince who, Young who hasn't had success since what 2009, 2010. You do not lose. You do not lose the things that he needs to be a quarterback. You do not lose those things over time. It's the short area quickness, the arm strength. Of course, they won't be the same, but you won't lose those things. Vince will still have that. The problem, the one thing you lose when you get a bit older is recovery and, and, and the fact of not getting injured as often, reoccurring injuries, which seem to happen to all older guys. I don't think that – I think you see flashes of Vince's – Vince is a top-tier athlete. He's a top pick in the NFL. He's a, he's a pro bowler. He's, I mean, he's a Heisman finalist. He's, he is a top-tier grade-A athlete. If he picks up the offense, he'll be on the field playing. Now it's the fact of, in my opinion, it'll be the fact of if he can, if Vince can stay healthy and he can have some success, he'll be on the field. And I don't think it's desperation, Seaball, that he's out there. I think you got a guy with that kind of talent. If he can't pick it up, which I don't know if he can, he'll be out there. 
The Rose Bowl was 11 years ago, my friend, 11 <laughs> years ago. And so, I, you know what, Vince, prove me wrong. I'd love to see it. I just don't see it happening. Uh, okay, the Stampeders were a win away from regular season greatness in 2016. One win shy of being the greatest regular season team in league history. Are they capable of challenging for greatness again this year? I don't think so. And I think... One of the big success stories for Calgary last year and a reason why Bo Levi Mitchell thrived the way he did and Jerome Messam had the season that he had came from that offensive line in front of him. They allowed a league-low 20 sacks during the regular season, but injuries decimated that team come the Grey Cup. They were without three key personnel guys, and Bo Levi Mitchell got dropped three times in that game. Now you take out the best lineman in, in the Canadian Football League from 2016 who has landed now in Regina. So now your, your offensive line has been, your, the, that irresistible force has now been completely compromised. And I just don't see, I, I think Calgary defensively is a little bit older now. Uh, Marquay McDaniel, look, when that guy is healthy, he's great. You just had a great conversation with him on the Waggle last week on a bonus episode that you can find in our iTunes section if you can uh, in the archives if you missed it before. I just, I just don't see Calgary being able to sustain that level of success. They might still be a great team, and look, they're going to be a winning record, and I expect double digits. I just don't see that team flirting with greatness or, or for a historical achievement this particular year just based on where that offensive line. And you know what? It might it might improve as the season goes on, but at this point in time, I see this team uh, running into a few roadblocks with some much improved competition in the West this year. BC will be better. Edmonton will be improved. And I also think that Winnipeg's going to be knocking on the door as well, and Saskatchewan's going to be that much tougher. Yeah, I agree. It's it's inevitable. A letdown is inevitable when you when you reach reach the success, uh, the level of success they had last year. Dave Dickinson is a master motivator. He'll have his guys ready, but it's inevitable. There's a letdown because all this team cares about him. Marquay McDaniel said it when I talked to him. He said he said to the fact of he cannot wait until November. And Marquay is not a guy that you need to worry about being ready for games in July because he's a baller and he'll he'll perform. But I think as a whole, it's really hard to get to the point uh, they got to last year, you know, flirting with the best record in CFL history, and, and like you said, going undefeated and being, you know, making the Grey Cup or winning the Grey winning the Grey Cup being undefeated. To go back that and worry about games in July, really, really tough to do. And in human nature, I just don't think that you can have that intensity level you need week in and week out to, to have the same type of record they had last year. Well, if you can do like maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers where we sat there and watched all year, what's wrong with these guys? They can't stop anybody. And then they've just gone on an incredibly dominant run so far in the NBA playoffs. So maybe, and I, I don't foresee the CFL regular season being quite like the NBA regular season. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. you I think lengthwise, you mean that's yeah. why it's a grind. It's I think it'll be. I think it, I think we both agree that it'll be a bit of a step back this year for the Calgary Stampeders in the West Division. Uh, fourth question, rounding things out uh, as we kick off 21 questions. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to love me now. Heading into 2017, which coach is sitting on the hottest seat going into the regular season? I'm going to say Kent Austin in Hamilton. I think Kent is going to be the guy who's on the hot seat. 
Uh, it's been a couple of years since they had their back-to-back uh, -back Grey Cup appearances coming up short. I think injuries have obviously impacted them, and they've been a victim of some uh, way, way too many injuries. But I also think that this team has probably underachieved a bit, and I think Kent Austin this year could be a make-or-break if they don't progress this particular season with Zach Caleros and the defense that they have. Uh, I feel like it's a make-or-break this year for the Hamilton Ticats head coach. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one that you were not gonna expect and you won't expect here, and uh, the listeners probably won't think of, but uh, and for a different reason. I think the coach on the hot seat right now is Mark Tressman, and the reason mm. I say that is not because he's he's in jeopardy of losing his job. I think he's on the hot seat because he has the least amount of talent to work with when you look at the roster, and he has he's had the shortest amount of time to put this team together. He has questions at quarterback, and he has a lot of expectations because of the success of the career he's had. There's extremely high expectations for Mark Tressman, and I think he's working with a, a he's working with the short the short deck. And I think that's that's my reason that he's on the hot seat. A lot of pressure for a guy that doesn't have a lot of tools. This is going to take time. I think I think the fans, I think the players, I think they have to embrace this, embrace the the whole challenge here and the process of building this team and not expect it to happen overnight. Mark Tressman could go winless this year in Toronto and not have anything to worry about from a job security standpoint. The only pressure I think he's going to feel is the hot seat, is the hot seat that he puts on him. Uh, I guess the pressure that he puts on himself. Sure. But but it does beg another question as we get into this, into our 21 questions later on as the Waggle episodes inch closer and closer to the regular season. What sort of success do you see with Ricky Ray, Mark Trestman, and Jim Pop? There's too much talent with those that's, minds that's coming up. to think that this team yeah. could be the basement team in the CFL that we've all kind of looked at all offseason. That's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski. It is time to bring in a man who's uh, never found a microphone he didn't like from the Hamilton Ticats, Simone Lawrence, joining us on The Waggle. All right, one of the um, – I, I, Chessie, how would we describe this as one of the better personalities in the CFL? We were just talking off air. How would you describe it? Who cares how we would describe it, but how Simone Lawrence would describe it? Uh, if you say he's one of the best personalities in the league, he would say, I'm not one of the best, but I'm top five, top five, top five. <laughs> Welcome no to the way. No debate. <laughs> No debating. I love how humble he is right out of the gate. Welcome to the Waggle, sir, and uh, thanks so much for doing this. I feel like this is long overdue uh, to finally get you uh, on here. What what are you up to these days? I mean, camp is just around the corner. Where are you hanging right now? I'm out in California right now. I'm just right now. I'm on a football field. My drills are set up, and I'm about to train a little more, tone up for camp, and shoot, hanging out with my boys and. Just living life here in sunny California over here. I'm, I'm over in San Jose, Cali. In Northern California. It's not always, but it's, yeah, not always, it's not always that sunny in Northern California. You usually get a little bit of that ocean fog and a little bit of the clouds. It's a little damp in the mornings and the evenings, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, but, man, it's hot as hell right now. <laughs> All right. Well, you can bring some of that. Well, you can bring some of that to Southern Ontario. I think everybody will appreciate that on a regular basis. You started your journey in, in college ball. You were a, a Minnesota Golden Gopher. Um, tell yeah. me, tell me. That's I, I find like Mini is a, a, a often gets uh, considered to be like an unofficial province of Canada. 
the state of Minnesota. I mean, do, do you find a lot of similarities when you were when you finally came up to Canada? Uh, not really. It was kind of nah, not really. Nah, it's because I mean, yeah, in Minnesota, just because everybody's so nice, and then in Canada, everybody's so nice. But to be completely honest, I ain't even like compare it to Minnesota really like that. <laughs> so did you have a hard time adjusting when you went first so you started in Edmonton and now and you've been you've been a mainstay in Hamilton, but did you find it did you find it hard adjusting to life in Canada when you finally started coming up here? Hell yeah, especially when I got to Edmonton because I couldn't fall asleep because it was still sunny at ten thirty at night. <laughs> and I'm like, well how I, I didn't know what was going on. It was like <laughs> I thought I was in Alaska or something. <laughs> well, it does get pretty close to the Arctic Circle, where uh, based on where E Town is, so I can I can appreciate. It. So you had a hard time adjusting. I, that's the first time I've heard somebody really say they've had a hard time adjusting because I would think you would thrive with the nightlife, though, with the bright lights at that time, especially a guy like you, Simone. You seem to thrive under the Man, bright lights. I I like the bright lights with the lights out, not with the lights out, lights out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a lot. There's a logic there. So, um, greater athlete to come out of uh, Minnesota than uh, out of the University of Minnesota as a Golden Gopher, uh, Simone Lawrence or Brock Lesnar? Simone Lawrence, I beat Brock Lesnar ass. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> no debating. Do, do, do you think? Do you think he can hear you right now? I, w- I will hope he can. I-, I watched a couple of his fights. It was- he was looking shaky, baby. <laughs> that's why he do WWF now. <laughs> wow, that's a very confident. That's a very confident Simone Lawrence, and this is why we are fired up to have you Look, this week on the way. How was the- how was the college experience in Mini then? Oh, uh, I loved it, man. Minnesota was fun as heck. We had so much fun there. Uh, when we got there, we went to back to back bowl games. I mean, it was a man. It was fun. I, I wouldn't take college away from nobody. <laughs> you've been a, you've traveled quite a bit in your football career. Stops at uh, numerous NFL teams and and had a great career here in Canada. I got a phone call uh, last July from a NFL from a coach of an NFL team, and he said, "Chess, who is number twenty one on Hamilton?" And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, "That's Simone Lawrence." He's like, "That kid is a baller." When you hear when you hear people say that, uh, you know what? How does that make you feel? Uh, you know, what do you? What was your? What would you say to that? And how does that make you feel? Honestly, it's just it's a it's a blessing, you know. Especially hearing people talk about how your level of play, especially coming from. Uh, like he pointed you out. He's pointing you out on film, saying, "Who like who is this guy?" <laughs> and I think a lot of people say that watching you fly around the football field week in and week out. A hundred percent. It's a it's a blessing just because you know you know what everybody says around the league, and then just going from where you're from. I'm from the states, so you know I know a lot of people from the states. Um, my sister's like uh, the assistant for the uh, what's his name? Oh man, he'll be mad at me. Roseman or who's the guy? Who's the GM for the uh, Eagles? Roseman? Was I call him Howie or whatever? But you know he was he 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 hit me up and was like, wow, man looking amazing, blah, blah, blah. And it's just cool to get feedback from, you know, professionals that have been doing it for a long time, you know? You know what? When when a guy like that, when he says that to you when the GM of the Eagles gives you a compliment like that, and, you know, your response is, your response is, yeah, it's Howie Roseman, you're right. And his response, <laughs> your response is, thank you, you know, and that's, uh, you appreciate the love. I have a di- I would have a different response uh, than than you would have. And I, I, w- I would say, I would say to I would say to them, uh, cut a check. 
Uh, I, <laughs> I think they say, I think I think the saying is uh, my kids can't eat your compliments or uh, in, in your case, Simone, uh, you can't put a down I'm payment. You can't put a, you can't put a down payment on a new Ferrari with compliments. So uh, what I'm what I'm saying is get them to write some checks. But no, that's that's love. That's love and. Uh, <laughs> That's love. I think that in Belly they said it best. Shorty can't eat. Shorty can't eat no books. But uh, I think uh, th- that's a compliment, no doubt. And I think you know everybody that watches you play, see that passion that you play with, uh, continually talking. Which uh, I know that your talking comes from because you're having fun out there. But also, you know, burns that that competitive fire that you bring to you and your teammates to elevate not only your game but their game. Have you always been a talker? And what sports did you play? as a youth, uh, you know, to essentially make you the guy, the talker you are now? Yeah, I've always been like this. You can ask my friends. It's kind of funny just because, like, everybody, like, has you always been like this? And then you ask my buddies in high school. They was like, they'll probably tell you I was ten times worse in high school just playing football or anything we did, really. <laughs> but yeah, for the some main reason, thing we don't find that hard just, to believe. <laughs> The main thing that probably got me into like talking all crazy and acting like that was probably was probably just because I used to wrestle a lot with my friends. Like all my close friends, like we joke on each other a lot and we like to like wrestle and like fight and stuff like that. So it's like I always used to talk a bunch of ish and then you know, I ever since then it's just always been like that. So the wag- the waggle has has a listenership. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, but uh, you know, a lot of our listeners come from the U.S. and they would understand what you just said about wrestling. Uh, what is what would it be the Canadian word for wrestling? Is it, it would it be the same as wrestling? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. What, what is it? Horsing around? <laughs> I'm, I'm, chir- I'm chirping you about the. I'm chirping you about about wrestling. Or oh, I would, as a Canadian, I would say wrestling, and you say wrestling. So it was, it, it's. Uh, I'm just. I'm just chirping you. So, so wait a minute, Simone. Are you telling me that when when you were wrestling with your buddies back in high school, you were, you would basically you learned how to chirp now as a pro football player from basically cutting wrestling promos. On your buddies, Look, I would literally, I would literally every time I'm like slap boxing or like wrestling, I always talk a bunch of shish before like while we're fighting or during we're fighting, and it's just you know whoever's not talking usually losing. That's how that's how we played it. <laughs> now, how have you learned to balance? Because I, I'm thinking it's probably gotten you in trouble at times, and I'm sure it's probably worked to your advantage at times. So tell me when it tell me when it's worked to your advantage talking ish. And then talk to me. Give me an example of when it didn't work so well. Man, uh, shoot. When it worked well, I, I feel like it always works well when I'm playing sports and stuff. But when it didn't work well, when my mom sent me to military school, and, you know, you got to bite your tongue a lot with the sergeants and lieutenants over there. So that was pretty tough. How old were you when you went to military school? I was like 17. So you were a, ba- you were a badass, essentially. I wasn't a badass. I was. I'm just. I was just super goofy. You know, like I'm super goofy. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's like my goofiness turns into like immaturity, and I don't know. Sorry, sorry, guys. I accidentally dropped my phone. I tried to have my phone in my you pocket. Dropped your phone. <laughs> Get it together, Simone. Come on, we're gonna have to send you to military school again to shake to to finish off this interview. I think. So, so you're goofing. Or you're, 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 so immaturity was a bit of a a bit of a pain for you then. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess you could say that. 
I don't like calling myself immature because I think I'm quite the mature fella. <laughs> so, hey, so, Simone, in the, within the league, give me your sense. Give me your sense of somebody within the league you talk trash with. You respect their you respect their game. They talk back with you, and it's it's a battle. Uh, someone you talk with that, that backs it up. John White, John White. He's got some pop to him, doesn't he? John White, boy. My um. Uh, so I'm like, I watch John White play, and they. Then the perfect analogy is for him is he's gonna be the same if he running down on him. punt return, kick return, like any of them things. Like he's just he's just one of those players where you like. He's a dog, you know, and, like, he knows it. And, like, that, those are the best people to play against because you ain't nothing going to get sugar-coated. I know how you feel about yourself. I know how I feel about myself. So we're going to talk about it all game and see who wins. Uh, talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, we have a, we're have very interested, we're very interested in, and I think a lot of people are, a longtime CFLer who we got to spend some time with over uh, at Mark CFL Week in Saskatchewan, somebody that I didn't know Y'all really. Ain't come. I, I didn't even me. get to hang out with y'all, man. That's messed yeah, up. Yeah, were you there? You must have been there at the beginning of the week with the All Stars. The 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 we're the tier two or tier two. Tier two didn't come until midweek. But uh, you know who we did get to hang with, hang out with Simone was uh, was Jeff Reinbold, and and I've always found Jeff to be a. Uh, we, me and James both have, have found Jeff to be quite the interesting guy, and and he's been around this league for a long, long time. He has a lot of respect. Tell us about your relationship with Jeff and what kind of what kind of dude is Jeff Reinbold for those who only see him uh, with his beautiful tan and his hoop earrings. What kind of dude is Jeff Reinbold uh, to you as as a player? What's your relationship like? Man, Jeff's a real ass coach. He's one of those coaches where it's like he don't care about your feelings. He don't care about none of that. All he want to do is make you better. So if he got to talk noise or tell you what, how you really playing or what you need to do. In front of everybody, that's what he's going to do. He's been my linebacker coach since I've been there, my second year. So it's like, I mean, he's 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 a professional. And have him as D coordinator, I know it's only going magnitude things. You can't be you can't be. Um, I hate saying the word soft because I don't think anybody that plays football is soft. But you can't be soft and be around uh, Jeff. You gotta have that tough skin. And how would that differentiate from? Uh, nearly, newly departed uh, Orlando Steinhardt, who I know you got a lot of respect for as well. How would that? How would they be different oh. in their personalities, coaching wise? Um, I feel like Orlando, he has that quiet confidence about him, where it's like he's a professional. He's the he's the best at his job. He's been the best defensive coordinator in my eyes that I've ever learned from. You know, he's the one that helped me elevate my game and everything. <laughs> he has that quiet confidence where. You don't know what he's thinking. He might be smiling, but in his head, I just I feel like I just know him, and I can tell how competitive he is when he's smiling. And sometimes he's just like, "Man, get the f out of here! I'm one of the best," you know. But you would never know that. And and then for Jeff, I feel like Jeff is just it is what it is, man. He coming out there, his resume speaks for himself. Everything he does, he does super well, and he's gonna tell you he does it super well. And he's going to tell you why you should do it his way. And, like, that's how you should go about your business. If you're the man at what you do, right. Put your chest, if you're the put man your chest, put you, your chest out, you, huh? Put your chest out, right? Yeah, if you're the man yeah. at what you do, like, that's how adults are going to believe you, you know? Not, you know, like, if, if you're going to say it, say it with your chest. What that Kevin Hart said? <laughs>
Orlando Steinhauer, uh, you said you said about Orlando that you know he, he he doesn't say he's the stuff. I would I would uh, I played with with him or against him for years. Where I'm old like him, and he was that guy. He was uh, he was the guy. So there it is. Oh my God! Yeah. I think this this man is seriously okay. That's it. I'll tell you what, Simone, you're actually I think you're actually doing ladder drills or something while we're talking. You're hey breathing man, we're going, um, this is how we're going to do this. I'm doing ladder drills right now. And this whole interview, I'm going to do, I'm going to work out while I'm talking to you guys on there. And then I just want to thank y'all. If you hear my feet moving, I, you probably can't hear them because they're soft. It's just straight speed right now. So you feel. You guys caught me in a rare moment. Look. You feeling that you good right now. You feeling that good. You're going to actually jump into your workout in this, in the middle of our interview. You're going to jump into your workout because you just got to get that work in. And you're feeling that comfortable right now. Is that, is that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing? Uh, is that what I'm hearing? Got to. Hey, T. Hey, T. What are we about to do? What are we doing right now, T? Hey, T. Hey, T. <laughs> this is live. This is live right now. Live, 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 live and right direct. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we do. We're, we're gonna let you get to your workout. And before before we go here, I just want we want to jump in. And there's a lot of a lot of Tabby's fans who are who are subscribers to the Waggle and that we talk to every week. Uh, you talk to us about this season going in expectations, uh, ex- expectations, and especially especially uh, your new acquisition Abdul Kane. How do you feel about having Abdul Kane added to that defense? What's he's gonna bring? What is he going to bring? And have you spoke to him yet? Yeah, I talked to him. I talked to him before free agency. I was just like, hey, man, I love your game. I just want you to know that, me being a, a professional. And I was like, I told him, like, you a dog. And, like, if you watch our defense and how we act, man, you know where you belong, really. And he's a playmaker. He's an all-star. He's been an all-star. And, you know, he's going to be one of them players where him and Chop back there, it's going to be scary. Them boys are them boys are just deadly. Well, ball players. if you guys can stay healthy, I think you guys have a, as good a shot as anybody. I think coming out of the East this year and, and being a legitimate Grey Cup contender once again and try to get back to where you guys were a couple of years ago. Hey, Simone, as we wind this thing down, tell me this: I see a lot of love for LeBron James on your Twitter feed. Are you a are you a LeBron are you a LeBron fan? No, I just respect greatness. I'm not a hater, you know. A lot of people are just haters, you know. Like, if they don't – like, I grew up, I was always a Kobe fan, you know. So, so like, every time I, I always liked Kobe, and he always used to play against, like, LeBron, and that was, like, the debate, LeBron or Kobe. But, like, what LeBron's doing right now, you can't hate on him, you know. I'm not a big – I'm not, like, a super fan of LeBron, but he's great. So, you got hey, – the man call himself the king, and he playing like the king, you got to put the crown on his head. Okay, tell me this then. You uh, you've got a, a a nice a nice dinner out to to bend the minds uh, to bend the mind of one of the greatest athletes of all time. Are you going for dinner with LeBron, Kobe, or, Tom, or, or Tom Brady, or Dion? Is it, did I just hear Dion? What <laughs> man? <laughs> you see all these gold chains I be wearing? <laughs> Is it all for Dion? You're too young to appreciate Dion, though, are you? Aren't you? You're crazy. I love Dion, man. Dion. <laughs> Dion's one of my favorite players ever. Favorite athletes ever. Did you ever meet Dion? I never met Dion. I mean, I never met Dion. I've been around Dion, but I've never met Dion. I feel like you need to start bringing out some of the headbands. Maybe you can bring back a little bit of Jerry Curl like Dion had back in, in the late 80s, early 90s. I think that could be a new way to kind of go. 
I mean, who would top that look, Simone, in, in 2017? <laughs> As my teammates would tell you, I can't get no Jerry Curl because I'm bald. So, but <laughs> I might be out there and there. <laughs> Well, at least you're on, at least you're honest about it. Hey, Simone, thanks so much for taking the time with us. Uh, great to catch up with you, and all the best in 2017. We'll have to do this again uh, when you're not working out, when you're just chilling. Okay? Hey, I super apologize. Hey, during season, give me three games and we can really talk. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for joining us. You got to get that working. We understand uh, business. Business first. Get to it. We all look forward to seeing you in a few weeks uh, at the stadium. Do what you do best, buddy. All right, thank you so much for having me, guys. Please let me come again. Simone Lawrence joining us here on The Waggle. Simone Lawrence joining us this week on The Waggle. Chezzy working out. That's a first of our Waggle guests. Uh, Staying fit, getting ready for the season. It's that time. It's that time. Every, Every All CFL players right now are out on the field doing drills, uh, getting ready. You're actually now doing the on-field work. So he's can't miss a day. You gotta love it. That might even top the interview that I once did many moons ago with Jason Claremont when he was a youngster with the BC Lions and he was taking the SkyTrain, which is the uh, the train uh, transit system here in Vancouver, and you could hear the ding, ding, ding <laughs> uh, in the background for each and every stop, which was quite memorable. But uh, Simone Lawrence is dialed in. He's ready to go. The fact that he's talking, uh, doing interviews. Um, getting ready for the 2017 season while working out. That's Davis Sanchez. My name is James Sabalski. Thanks so much for joining us for another exciting edition of The Waggle. We are back at it next week. Ches on the east side. I'm on the west side. We'll hug it out, buddy. Talk to you soon. <laughs>